Do you remember that many of the cast members of Suicide Squad got tattooed? We're like, <laughs> this film is so good. We are, we, we're bonding so well. Yeah. We are going to get tattoos that say squad on them. S-K-W-A-D. You know, it's like how all of the members of the Lord of the Rings cast got, got matching tattoos. But that was after they spent like two years in New Zealand. Yeah, making like, making really good movies together. <laughs> they all turned out to be incredibly popular and successful and defined all of their careers. And for those exact same reasons is why that all the cast of the Hobbit films, films of equal quality and validity... Yep. Um, all got tattoos that just... Just went on forever. <laughs> Very <laughs> long tattoos. No, well, here's the thing about the tattoos people got on The Hobbit. They were supposed to get two, but it was turned no. into three for a money reason. <laughs> and, of course, the tattooists would refuse to tattoo on them unless John Key made it worse for their employees. Oh, and also all the tattoos were in 48 frames. <laughs> I mean, I'm not anti that. As I think I've told you before, I, I paid $30 to see Gemini Man in high frame rate in 3D last year. Yeah. Was it 60 or 120? Uh, I... Did you count? You didn't count? Uh, I... You didn't uh, start I, blinking? I, yeah. Sadly, I cannot blink that fast. Whoa. Okay. Uh, I spent my entire life just practicing the staring competitions. <laughs> I, it took me a moment to be like, that's a joke, because it is genuine. And this is not a judgment on you, but it does seem like a thing that like a 4 to 11-year-old would do, is be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to train myself to win at blinking competitions. And so like every day, rush home from school, chuck their bag on their bed, and then just, just go just to stare, a mirror. Just, yeah, just stare at a mirror for an hour. <laughs> okay, so you're, the ch- you're a parent of a child, you come home, and you're like... Han, what are you up to? <laughs> just staring. And you go into the room, there's just a bed, a pile of clothes and a mirror that they are standing motionless in front of. There's just two holes in the mirror for how long I've been staring at it. <laughs> just worn out. Okay, so Finn, you're sitting down. I certainly am. Okay, I've got some terrible news for you. Oh, well, Do you remember how on Sunday we watched two films and yep. then recorded a full podcast about yep. them? Doing a full podcast recording is one of my one of my fondest memories. Well, I when I look back on it, I think of it as like certainly a highlight of this year, and like not just this year, the decade. It was a moment of real connection, and like the most important thing is couldn't do it again. No, right? It would be impossible to recap for magic. I've I've cut my hair. I'm in like a totally different place, like emotionally now. Yeah, I have I've seen Artemis fail. Life's <laughs> never going to be the same. I have okay. Yeah, so my sound recorder didn't record uh, anything after the first 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, oh. I know you're upset to hear this for the first time. <laughs> uh, uh, it's why you cut your hair, I presume. <laughs> um, he does. For, the, for listeners at home, Finn now looks like... Oh, <laughs> uh, a like D and D libertarian about. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and to be clear, I I say that as someone who oozes libertarianism, yeah. um, even though I do not ooze libertarianism. <laughs> we we need state controls on some things, usually libertarians. <laughs> I'm just I was like, can I remember what we said? No, no. I remember us spending a lot of time talking about. Uh, local Auckland comedian David Prentice. Yeah, and, uh, and and how we both like him and think he's great. Yeah, um, but most importantly that he thinks <laughs> that I don't like him. And I 
uh, hit the lowest point in my entire <laughs> life where I used a podcast to inform someone <laughs> that I think we're friends. I'm just socially awkward. Jesus Christ. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. The other end of that is a Yee Yee uh, incredible film that we watch. Oh, hello. Welcome to Sight and Sound, by the way. Sight and Sound? To, no. Welcome to Sight and Sound. The intro section of Sight and Sound. There's Yee Yee. And, but do you know what? It's also worth talking about again. What was? What, Godzilla what? 2, King of the Monsters. A film not only worth talking about once, <laughs> but twice. <laughs> so that's my intro. Got a got your fancy written one there. Don't, don't tell him it's written. This all seems like it's off the top of a dome. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then followed up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we're watching number 96 on the Sight and Sound list, Yee Yee. Taiwanese director Edward Young's award-winning three-hour-long drama about a family struggling with the isolation of modern life. Our second film this week is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, a movie that cannot even manage to make giant monster fights consistently engaging. Yee I think, faces us with our greatest problem. Which is how how do we talk about a really good movie that you definitely have to see? Yeah, there is like describing the plot of this film would be like describing a couple of weeks on a soap opera or on the other end of the line, like a photographic exhibit, like it's entirely in the execution. Have you read the Wikipedia plot synopsis? No, I haven't. Because I was like just trying to get things straight in my head, which doesn't matter. But you're just like, oh, this genuinely sounds like a Ryan Murphy show, <laughs> which is not a diss. Right, yeah. But even Ryan Murphy doesn't look at Ryan Murphy's television and plotting and be like, this is the best that there is. I did it perfectly again. Yeah. My 15th show that I created this year is another masterpiece. Well, I, I like Pose. People whose opinions I respect, like American Horror Story. John Travolta in that O.J. Simpson show is just a man just fully embracing performing kabuki on in a public forum. I've seen most of the first three seasons of Glee. What? Okay. Yeah, for, for some reason, when, when Glee started, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I guess this is the show that I watch now. I have seen two seasons of Desperate Housewives for much the same reason. Also within that, I think this is our most spoilable film as well. So much of the experience is kind of surrendering yourself to it. We're, 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 uh, no, okay. I, I, don't, I don't think I have anything to say on that necessarily. I think I was just going to keep talking even though I had nothing. Uh, but this is a podcast. Oh, no, I, I totally agree with what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. no, no. You're pulling at the thread. Everything's falling. No. And so I think the way to talk about it is to give kind of an overview, talk about how it introduces itself in, it, in its structure. But I feel like the key thing for, if you have time to listen to this podcast, you have time in your life to see Yee Yee. Yeah, it is more important that you watch Yee Yee than that you listen to this podcast. Oh, I'd say it's equal. I'd say they're of equal, I'm sure they took time. And I presume that um, like Yee Yee, it will take 17 years until this podcast is able to be distributed in our native land. Which is, yeah, it's a fact I found out. Yee Yee mm. only came out in Taiwan three years ago, 2017. That 
that's uh, really weird. I I I would yeah. assume that everyone in Taiwan was just all yeah 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 all the time. Yeah, remember like when New Zealand was like that about the piano, except like I want to be clear, yeah yeah is much better than the piano. So yeah, so yeah yeah is this big sprawling epic domestic drama. It starts with a wedding and it ends with a funeral. It has three kind of intermingling key point of view characters. Uh, who are all members of the same family. We have the like, father of the, the family. His name is NJ. Uh, we have uh, his teenage daughter, uh, whose name is Ting Ting. And then we have his, his eight-year-old son, uh, whose name is Yang Yang. There are a lot of people in this movie uh, whose names are the same syllable twice, which is fun, and I like it. NJ, uh, the father, works in a toys or gaming adjacent business. Something so like technology related, maybe maybe video games. They're struggling financially. They're running out of ideas. They 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 don't have anything like new or like or exciting to yeah. to make. And we know this film was made in 2000 because the thing that's beating them is computers. Uh, the first time we learn about their business trouble is in a board meeting straight out of a Neil Breen film where they're like, we're having a problem. They don't want our content. They want computers. Computers are what the public want. And then one of the guys in the business goes like, no, they're just a fad. Computers will go away. But like, you, you can tell it's not actually a Neil Breen film because <laughs> the movie doesn't end with everyone in Taiwan being <laughs> crucified. <laughs> um, spoilers. <laughs> so that is one of many endings that does not occur in this film. We're shutting down universal possibilities for the, for the audience. And his conflict is that he has all of his money tied up in this business yeah. and whereas all of the other guys don't well he's been working w- with these same people since since he like got out of university yeah, they, they, they were friends they at yeah. uni and then they started yeah and now yeah. now he's in his 50s and like this is this is like all that he has in in his life they're under financial strain at the company and they're exploring cooperation with several uh, japanese companies which are all kind of um blurred iterations i think of of japanese video game companies um in that uh he develops this really striking and lovely relationship with mr ato ota ota uh, like the seven streams ato is their copycat business yeah so he's uh, like sent to like have like a business dinner with with uh, with this guy mr ota uh, who's played by an actor called ise ogata who is incredible in the movie hey everyone is yeah, no, it, it, this is a movie with no bad performances, but, no. but there are a couple of people who are just like, kind of stand like a bit above everyone else, I think. Yeah, well, this guy, Mr. Ota, is like, I kind of want to describe him in magical terms, like yeah. he's this fl- angel who floats through the film, but he... Yeah, just, just he, comes through a film like he, he dispenses advice and befriends pigeons. Yeah, what? The, w- the first time we meet him is a mid shot of him just hanging out in a lobby, seeing a pigeon, and then having the pigeon fly onto his shoulder and then just have an unheard conversation with that pigeon. Yeah, it's pretty nice. But that makes it sound like he's a uh, Pollyanna. Yeah, um, or like, like a, 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 a Forrest Gump. Yeah, or, or, a, or even just a cipher. When like so much, and it's in the writing and the performance, is that like this is a guy who, who knows there are dark things in the world, um, but chooses optimism. Uh, there's a scene where he explains a magic trick while performing it that I just found like one of the most 
compelling scenes in cinema. Yeah. Like there's that, there's the scene where he told her he sold her baby and the child. Uh, there's looking for May and Totoro. Those are the three, though, like, oh. right? Yeah. There's a scene in Mandy where Nicolas Cage is screaming in his bathroom. <laughs> oh, man, yes. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, I, 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 I was showing Mandy to a bunch of friends of mine who like, aren't Nicolas Cage fans, really. It, it, got, it got to that scene, and he's in his underpants, and he's screaming and pouring vodka all over himself. Yeah, and for two and a half minutes, yeah. an unbroken take. One of my friends just turned to me and was like, Nicolas Cage is a really good actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, he is. Why? There was just... No, we don't need to take on... Uh, Nicolas Cage has enough champions. Chief of all, I believe, is Mr. Kaj himself. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, 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 get to, we'll get to a Nicolas Cage movie eventually. I mean, but in what category? Um, and so, NJ, uh, the, the father has to kind of... Mr. Ota kind of represents this idea of that you don't do things for the money. Yeah. Do them because they're right, and that will be, or they're the right thing to do, or the creative thing to yeah, do. Yeah, there's this this great speech that Mr. Otto gives where he he talks about like how the previous year, like his company lost a lot of money because of yeah. that they they tried to just like copy what was popular, and and that just like didn't work out for them because like yeah. the point of being in a creative industry is not just to like do a different version of what other people are doing. It is to like be ahead and like forging your own path, and it's just. Oh, it's just real good. Well, and, and it's good because, and like part of, I think the scariest thing about Yee Yee is that it's three hours long. Yeah. Um, I mean, for some people it will be the subtitles, but it's a relatively dialogue sparse film. Hmm. So you're not, if you're someone who is is wary of subtitles, um, I do think you're an idiot. But also like you can still watch Yee Yee, you hmm. know. I don't think you're an idiot, I think. Obviously, there are people where that's a, a legit issue for them. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not talking about dyslexic people. I'm talking about people who just don't want to read subtitles. But what the length gives moments like that is that it allows them to unfold properly in a way that feels deliberate and grounded. So it's not just the film suddenly going. You know, you should be creative rather than chase money. Like it, bit like it builds its case meticulously yeah like in 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 every single scene like edward young gives like so much space to 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 just like all the to all the moments there's like it it, it, it's a movie where we're both we're both like not a lot happens but also so much happens but it it always feels so deliberate it never feels too cluttered it never feels too slow well yeah it doesn't feel slow it doesn't feel boring it is long you're you're there's a durational element to it but you're never like, oh, come on. Come we'll just on. Get, get to the next fight scene. To, uh, yeah, all the famous fight scenes in Yi Yi. Um, like uh, when uh, Yang Yang bites a chicken nugget. <laughs> um, that's a lie. We don't even see him bite it. Uh, <laughs> to me, the central thematic thesis, and I know you agree with agree on this because you said it first two days ago, <laughs> um, is that it's about kind of the old and the new but mm. also like the local and the international and like homogenization in that there is this idea of like the old ways and the local ways interacting with different ways of doing things of and that it's not necessarily that neither end of that equation is right or wrong yeah this is a movie that like 
It, yeah, it, it is about all these sort of complicated topics of like of ha- how of how like modernity is is impacting tradition, and how like increasing globalization is is impacting like uh, is impacting different communities around the world. But it, it, it's it's never it's never shouting at you about it, and it's never trying to like force you to to like agree with any one point of view. It is it is it is lay, it is like it's it's laying everything out there, and it is it is presenting you with with like options and viewpoints in a way that isn't uh lazy or boring enough mm. to be like oh the audience chooses like it, there's a pretty clear theses yeah. going on um but the way it leads you to them is uh uh enchanting <laughs> so then we have ling ling no ting 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 i just every time i'm about to say ting ting my brain goes you're thinking of the band yutha yeah uh, and it's because her, her her friend who lives next door's name is lily yeah um and her narrative is she is a 16 17 year old yeah um and her her plot is, is at the wedding at the beginning now there's one thing you should know about this wedding which is people cannot stop leaving it and that, you know, they they come <laughs> they go they come back again um uh and uh she takes her grandmother is feeling ill and so she takes her home her grandmother's like oh and can you take the rubbish down so she short, sorts the rubbish out on the balcony but is distracted by something and leads the rubbish up there yeah and then the grandmother off screen is like oh someone she didn't do the rubbish goes to take the rubbish down and has a stroke, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe she, she like, lips over outside of Ben, has a stroke. Yep. Uh, in the street, and so is in a coma. Uh, yeah, for, for two hours and 45 minutes of a movie, she's in a coma? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that point to the end, I believe, yeah, that, that seems about fair. I'll get time codes later for all the coma fans out there. There's a structure in the film, as much as it can seem kind of free form, like there's there's a fucking incredible master's thesis that probably already exists in how rigidly structural this film is. It's just that the craft is so invisible we don't see it. Um, so people are being encouraged to talk to the comatose grandmother, to use her full name, uh, and Ling Ling is really struggling. Cause, oh, Ting Ting. Ting Ting. It's not her name. It's not her name. And she says to the grandmother... I know it is my it is my fault. Yeah, I, I like you 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 should not have been down there yeah. like w- without someone around you. You you wouldn't have been down there if if I had taken the rubbish yeah. down. This this is all my fault. If if you if you forgive me, please wake up. Yeah, because until you wake up, until you forgive me, she says, I can't sleep. Yeah. Um, and so. She grows increasingly tired over the film. That sounds like a joke. It's true. It's never like super explicit about it, but like she ends up developing insomnia over the course of the film, and she ends up doing badly at school, and she has trouble like being around other people. And yeah, it's it's just a very like difficult like few weeks for her. Yeah, she does not have a good time of it. Um, but like what while all this is going on, she she, she is also like the the sort of rest of her her like story is, is about love and and relationships and trying to like find where she fits in and like yeah. what what sort of relationship she wants if she if she wants one and so like uh, just like being around other people who are in relationships and and observing them well and so much of her plot 
is her observing other people's mm. relationships. And it should be deadly. It should be deadly. A plot of just uh, essentially a teenage girl staring at other couples. Um, but it, it isn't because it, uh, it is, in fact, uh, good. And there's something in... What is the actress's name? I cannot remember off the who, top of my head. Who played Ting Ting. Who played Ting Ting. Her name is Kelly Lee. Uh, and she spends so much of the film just silently watching other people. She's almost never the central point of any scene that she is in, except obviously, you know, a couple of times. I don't know what alchemy led to, like, how, but you're still with her. Mm. You still follow her performance. And it, it just, it's so, like, oh, I keep wanting to say it's so clean, but it is just, like, the execution of it, it feels precisely the shape it wants to be. Yeah. You know? Um, there is, uh, in Ling Ling's plot, her... Ting no, Ting. Ting fuck. Because I was about to talk about Lily. Oh, my God. Am I going to leave these in? I don't know. I kind of have to. Anyway. So Ting Ting is walking with Lily down the street, and they're talking about Lily's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, who is across the street, kind of... In a thoroughfare, there are dozens of people over there, but the shape of the shot, the cinematography of it, uh, just their body language, everyone's performances, you know exactly which of those people they're talking about. Yeah. Um, in a way that, that, what I'm describing sounds very mundane, but is, a, and that's a level of attention and craft that goes into, yeah, every every bit of the film. This film is incredibly good at hilarious like match cuts mm. so like uh at the wedding nj is with yang 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 is being bullied by girls yep as as we all have been is <laughs> yeah uh the beginning of yang Yang's <laughs> is about how he's perpetually being bullied by uh by like, uh, by like 10 year old girls like 10 year, I mean, they take off a show and throw a shoe and throw it yeah. away it happens a few times throughout the film where Yang Yang is just sort of minding his own business, and then there's like a horde of ten year old girls will just like descend upon him, and it is like it's it's very funny. But also sometimes it is there's like one one of times specifically is like the one in the school yeah yeah is like yeah. genuinely shocking and yeah. kind of scary. It looks, and what I'm about to say is positive. It looks like a scene from The Birds. Yeah, just this innocent creature being ravished by these bestial animals like if 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 edward yang didn't care like so much about what it's like to be a person in modern day yeah. taiwan he could he could make a very good zombie movie yeah he could and so much and yet which brings us to yang oh at, at the so he's been bullied uh at the wedding uh and he's glum about he's sitting next to nj he won't eat his food hard cut to they're sitting in a mcdonald's now still in their wedding finery and this is maybe the third scene of the film. This was the scene I knew I loved the film because the way the Yang Yang looks at his chicken nugget filled with both delight and regret <laughs> is the only true expression of nugget experience <laughs> I've ever seen in in cinema. And it's another time someone leaves uh, the wedding. We're not even going to list them all. What would you say Yang Yang's... Because Yang Yang's plot is not a story. It's mm. a series of... Him exploring and meeting the world, yeah, right? Yeah, so his his parts of the film are, but they're, they're the most sort of like episodic parts of of the film, where yeah, you're you're seeing like moment moments from his his life as, as he 
sort of like experiences like new things as a like weird precocious kid but like the good version of that this eight-year-old kid how the and the actor again i cannot remember his name uh, his name uh, uh, uh his name is jonathan chang he it's an all time it's an all time child performance yeah like speaking of someone who just saw artemis fail yeah. uh, two days ago uh like there, there could not be a bigger difference in like quality of child performances and so many so many because his arc is meeting the world and he does also have some beats where he's essentially there to kind of be the naive truth teller a running theme for him is about how we can never see what another person sees Mm. you know he talks to his dad about that when his dad is feeling sad and there's a version of that screen of that scene even with that script where it's just this annoying precocious kid who's saying lines that he doesn't understand that are yeah. slight you know how so many kids within that role become like either super children or too wise yeah you know well yeah it, it'd be very easy for it to just be daddy how do we know that the color blue that i see is the color blue that you see yeah daddy where do we go when we go to sleep? Yeah, just like that sort of that sort of garbage. But he, yeah, he does an incredible job, and you know he learns to swim and stuff. And that I kind of that's all I want to say about I no the thing I want to say I have periodically over the past two days just remembered how good Yee Yee is and just said aloud fuck Yee Yee. <laughs> Um, and my favorite thing about it is that its title is also a tattoo that YouTuber Curtis Connor has. He spells it Y-E-E. Right. Um, unrelated to the film. No, I, I, I thought you were about to say, my favorite thing is the title is also a tattoo that I now have. <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, maybe one day. Mm. No, no, no. Mm. If you had to get one film title tattooed on you what would it be uh it's, uh, it's got Z. Uh, okay i would go with drive angry written <laughs> written across my knuckles but facing so i see them when i'm driving um oh no drive angry drive angry 3d, 3D. yeah so you, um, you get like the, the drive across your left hand the angry across your right hand and then the the free and the d on the backs of each of your hands oh yeah absolutely so one of my hands is three and one of them is d yeah i will no longer accept left and right from people <laughs> see here's the thing about yee yee the last hour of yee yee should be boring because it's essentially a sequence of final scenes from your favorite dramas it's like people going into a room being silent for a minute and then saying like i can't forgive you crying one sob and then walking out again but somehow it's engrossing enthralling it's never boring you're never distracted i never i never wanted to know how much there was to go um and that feels like genuinely miraculous to me. Like that this film is kind of in some ways good despite itself, you know, despite what it is on paper. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're not in a, um, what's a film that's good despite itself. We're not in a producer's situation. Uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, some parts of Speed Racer possibly. I'm now just looking at my Blu-rays. Guess the whole, the whole of the TV series Fringe. It's going to say Suspiria, but that would be lying. There's nothing wrong with Suspiria. Brackets 2018. Yeah. The, the, the version of Suspiria that both of us prefer. 
Oh, I didn't know. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Suspiria 2018 stan. Yeah. I, yeah, I made myself a fan t-shirt for Suspiria <laughs> 2018. Um, it just says Suspiria 2018 on it. Take yeah. that, Dario. Yeah. And just dad. There's one good thing that Dario Argento's done, as far as I'm concerned, and that's uh, uh, come, come up with the story for Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, I would go with Be the Father of the Love Interest in the first Triple X film. Uh, I, I would go, uh, I would, if I had the second thing, I would say uh, I, like, I like that he helped popularize the band Goblin. <laughs> That's true, and that opening track, which is uh, yeah, it's yeah, good. So yeah, so I I I don't like the original Suspiria, but that soundtrack is fantastic. Oh man, yeah, no, you got two years and a half, don't you? Everyone <laughs> yeah. loves that soundtrack. Your thoughts on Yee Yee? Yeah, so I mean, this is something that, that like we talked about in the previous time we tried to record this. Is like we both agree that like this is a movie we will watch many more times over our lives. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like of all the movies that we've watched so far, I think Ali is still my favorite. But like this movie is so fucking incredible like looking it is uh, i'd say this is like one of the top five best shot movies i've ever seen in my life yeah every single scene is is like beautiful and dynamic and it's never like style of a substance the style of a substance are perfectly intertwined yeah it's it's uh yeah this is uh this is an incredible movie yeah i i i I would call it sound i would call it yeah i cannot wait to discover the new things about myself Mm. that I will and the film by revisiting it in the future. And like, I do feel the same way uh, about Ali, like, Mm. but I do feel like I'll be checking in on Ali more to make sure that I'm not racist (laughs) than, or like I'm less racist. We're all racist. It's endemic. Um, Let's defund the police, please. Mm. Um, And I, I look forward to sharing it. Yeah, with people, I look forward to. Um, so yes, I guess what I'm say, saying is, euphonious yeah. the the and new so I, level I, I invented in our system for Ali. I think. Yeah, and so l- luckily, v- v- this is the first of two Edward Yang films that are on the list. Oh yay! Yeah, and so in uh, in I think about eight episodes, at about eight episodes time. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> in about eight episodes time, we're going to be watching uh, his film. 1994 it's called a brighter summer day which is four hours long (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, so that's a great film and now i would say that part of its greatness is that there's a singularness (laughs) to it right yes it it feels totally unlike any other film yeah which makes it very difficult to compare to find a film to pair with it for for a while we considered maybe a mockbuster Incredibles ripoff uh, that is uh, about uh, Tesla. No, well, uh, yeah, there is <laughs> some like French like Incredibles ripoff. Yeah, is about like uh, France is under attack and they have to go back and like they have to get go Jules they, Verne. Yeah, they have to like That's go into right. books and get all like the greats of French literary history <laughs> to help defeat monsters or something. Um, no, no, we, we ended up not doing that yeah, movie. If you're thinking because uh, we, we could we could not justify it enough. And, and, and if you're thinking that doesn't sound at all like Yee Yee, <laughs> you're right. Do you know what else is not at all like Yee Yee? The <laughs> film, the other film we watch, Godzilla. King of the Monsters. Not that one. No. No. The, 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 the 2019 one. The Michael Doherty film. Yeah. The Michael Doherty joint. The the second or arguably third part in the new uh, Godzilla universe. Yeah, Godzilla 2 or just Godzilla 
King of the Monsters, um, is a sequel, direct sequel-ish to uh, Gareth Edwards' uh, 2014 Godzilla. Um, Also, I I think just before we start talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, we should explain our justification (laughs) for having this as the the counterpoint (laughs) to Yee Yee. Okay. You'd seen it before. Yeah, I had seen it before. I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. And so we, 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 we knew that like, we knew that Yee Yee was about a family and had kind yeah. of like multiple points of view. Yeah. And that, that, that's basically it. Yeah. And my memory of Godzilla King of the Monsters is that, which kind of follows three members of a family, the mum, uh, who is Vera Farmiga, the dad, who is, uh, what's his name from early edition? Kyle Chandler. And um, their their daughter, who is... M- M- Millicent Robert Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, please, Millicent Robert Browning. Um, gent- gent- just turn her in the pan. Um, uh, my memory of Godzilla, King of the Monster, is that the three of them split into different plots very early on. Which uh, I did you notice that happening you, in the you, film? You were you were wrong about that. Yeah, I was so, sort of like. Unfor- there, there, there are two. There are two plots for most of a movie. Yeah, and then in the last like forty-five minutes, they like briefly split off into a third plot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking together. about. Yeah, while we were watching Yee Yee, there was one other connection that we were able to make. But, but, <laughs> that's right, a which, best connection. Yeah, which is uh, in in Yee Yee. There, there's a point where two people go to a movie theater and they're just like looking at the like now showing posters yeah and and they, they decide not to go to any of these movies because, because what why would they the first one is the fa- star wars episode, episode one, one the phantom menace the second is wild wild west oh, right. <laughs> um and, and then, then the, the, the only the, film i've fallen asleep in oh. um and then the, the the third and final poster that the, this camera pans to and i think maybe my favorite shot of a movie is uh, uh, is the poster for the Robert De Niro uh, Billy Crystal uh, comedy analyze this. Yeah, so we have these three posters, and as I said, the first one's for the Phantom Menace. And now, who who was in the Phantom Menace playing an uncredited bystander? Sally Hawkins, yeah, the star yeah, of Godzilla, yeah. King of the Monsters. Um, the absolute <laughs> lead, one of two returning actors from mm-hmm. the original uh, Godzilla, Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins, who will not do a film. If there is not a CGI creature in it. Um, it's Shape of Water, mm. Paddington. Paddington 2. Happy Go Lucky. <laughs> uh, Eddie Marzan in that film completely is CGI. Yeah. You know, Eddie Marzan, not a real actor. He's a real Simone in that way. Oh, he's, 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 he's a real Hatsune Miku. Uh, yeah, and she's in there. It's great, great to see you back. Great to see the two of them, the two scientists. Yeah, so, both giving like, the, the, the two best performances in the movie, I'd say. I mean, it's just, I mean it's just, Sally Hawkins doesn't give a whole lot to do, but but, but Ken Watanabe is, is great. Yeah. Like, see, here is the thing. Here is why I wanted to watch this uh, for this episode. What, why you wanted to, to, to re-watch Godzilla King of, of the Monsters. Yeah. Apart from a movie that most people didn't even want to see once. G-fans love it, though. I want to emphasize that. There are a lot of G-fans out there that really like this film. It's that I, like, I would call myself a casual kaiju head. Um, I don't know why. I just enjoy them big old monsters. And I really, re- I really rate the 2014 Godzilla. I think, right, yeah. and I think the King Kong, the Kong Skull Island is fun. And with all of that going into it, and like 
Godzilla King of the Monsters is about Godzilla fighting um, a lava bird, which is Rodan, and a three-headed golden dragon called King Ghidorah, um, whose wings are so wide that when he flaps them, they cause hurricanes. Yeah, not not just like, oh, it's, it's a bit windy, just like... Like giant, like tropical storms yeah. that like show up on weather satellites. Um, and then at the end, <laughs> um, and then at the end, Mothra, who's my personal fave kaiju, because it's a big old moth. Yeah, big old moth. She helps out. Yeah. Um, she uh commits suicide to sprinkle her pollen on Godzilla that makes him turn atomic. <laughs> and I d- and like there's. Or Michael Doherty, um, who you may know as the director of the deleted scenes of Godzilla King of the Monsters, knows how to like begin a fight between two monsters. Because every time there's a big show off, there's this wide kind of almost Renaissance painting image of the two monsters about to go for each other. And those images have really stuck in my head. I cannot... I don't, like, I know this film is bad. I, and I knew, having seen it the first time, that it was bad. Yeah. But it could not leave my brain. And I secretly thought, like, everything I've just, dis- like, in the middle of the film, Godzilla dies because they use the oxygen destroyer on him. And so, of course, they've got to bring him back by taking a submarine through the hollow earth where people lived inside and worshipped Godzilla. <laughs> this is on screen. And they take a nuke to Godzilla, and Ken Watanabe takes it out and detonates the nuke to restart Godzilla. Yeah. And then has a touching moment with him where he, like, touches a snout, and they make eye contact. <laughs> and, like, what I am describing there is a good film. Yeah. You know? Like, I can't... Like, it, 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 sounds, it sounds hard to fuck up. And, like, this is a film that literally begins with Charles Dance breaking into a facility to steal Mothra. Like, but I don't... Like the, in, in the scene where you meet Charles Dance, the, the bad guy of the film, a man who seems to only appear in movies with monsters, bursts into this like secret underground vault, yep. and immediately just like just shoots someone in the head, and then there's a close-up on his face, and he's like, ram, Charles Dance. Well, because his plan as a villain is... Um, the, the the there are many titans across the world. There's King Kong, obviously. There's Godzilla. There's, there's the there's the Loch Ness monster. The Mutos from the first one. Yep. Um, there, there's some weird like like ape mammoth thing. Yeah, the gorilla mammoth. I believe yeah. they called it. I'm so I'm so I'm so bummed we never got to see that gorilla mammoth in action because yeah. that was by far my favorite character in the movie. Oh, I prefer the spider squid, which is obviously people in a creature design facility just hitting randomize. Here's the thing. All the monsters that we don't get to see fight are uh, the coolest looking monsters. Oh, King Ghidorah does look... Uh, there is a blurry line between design and execution in this film because as much as it costs like $150 million... Mm-hmm. Its reach is clearly exceeding its grasp. Yeah, like, there are many scenes in this where, like, all of the giant monsters look like look like PlayStation 3 characters. Well, and, and not, like, 2017 PlayStation 3 characters, but they look like, like yeah. 2009, like, release 
PlayStation yeah. 3 characters. They, they are something you would fight in Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there are points where that aesthetic work better than it doesn't. The initial meeting with Rodan, where he's climbing out a volcano, and uh, then he has this, then he's chasing these planes, and it's largely lit by the lava running through his veins. I'm like, that is yeah. cool. Michael Doherty knows what he wants to do. The problem is is that this film uh, properly should have another writer. And, and another $50 million. Oh, only like another $100 million? Yeah. And to be clear, I don't think that should be allowed. No. Um, I, I, I don't. I, th- the, I think the dream version of this film is the film where it's just Godzilla versus Ghidorah, right? Yeah. So I went into it very ready to be like, actually. It's a secret good movie. Yeah, it's a secret good. It's a secret sound. Yeah. Um, but it is not. It is no. not at all. Um, it, it It is incomprehensible for, for large portions of it. It is boring for most of it. And it there's a real sense... It's one of those films where you can kind of feel the producer's notes in dialogue. So, like, there's a bit when, again, to go back to Rodan, when when Rodan, when that big old bird is coming out, they're like, what about the people in the town underneath it? And then someone's like, we've we've sent people to evacuate them. And you can just hear, like, a producer going like, wouldn't people be hurt? There's so much of that. Like, Sally Hawkins' character, who was, you know, there in the first one, like, yeah. uh, she's just stepped on, like, 20 minutes into this film. Yeah, no, it, it's, you get, uh, it's, it's real sad. I don't I don't like it. But not 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 sad like a, oh, no, Sally, character, Sally Hawkins' character that I cared about died. But it's sad like, well, oh, no, Sally Hawkins is not in this movie anymore. Well, and then you get one shot. I was about to say scene, but no. it is a single shot of Ken Watanabe looking sad. Add, like, a picture of her. And then literally never mentioned again. Not a single time. Like, j- just after this movie came out, and, and you'd seen it and I hadn't, I mentioned you, but I was, like, thinking about seeing it because I, I, like, I like Sally Hawkins a lot. And when I said that's the reason I wanted to see it, you made a face like, yeah. and I said, oh, do, 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 they like, do they, like, fridge her? And you said, what they do to her cannot even be called fridging. Yeah. It, 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 do, it does not rise to the level of fridging. Uh, it's genuinely like... Um, on one day in the studio, someone ran in and said, quick, Sally, you have to get in a bunker for a few months. And they would say, well, we just have to kill her. We just got to take her out of the film. And that is a sinender key for the whole film. There are so many things in it. So often it does a lot of work in giving like the soldiers who work for Monarch which is the shield of monsters, personalities and relationships. Then a bunch of them will die. And you're like, okay, now it's the beat where one of them is like, oh, my friends. But no. And that only doesn't work because it's because it wants you to buy emotional interiority, right? Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was reading some reviews last night of, of the, the 2014 Godzilla. Uh, I can't remember if it was David Sims or David Ehrlich uh, who, who, referred to, uh, who referred to that movie as the first post-human blockbuster. A movie about, how, about like, what, if, what if humans aren't actually that important? Yeah. What, 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 if, what, if, like, what, what if, you know, humans are a stain on the world and we're all garbage and we deserve to get killed by a giant lizard? And then, then this movie kind of takes it a step further yeah. and just says, no, we don't care about any of these characters. Like, if, if they die, it doesn't matter. If, like, if like all of Boston gets destroyed, who cares? Yeah. There, 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 yeah. There, there, there are no, like, 
there there is no emotional impact to anything that happens in the movie. Um, which would be like there are many films which have no emotional impact, which are great fun. Yeah. Um, but then, like, yeah. there, there, there are like some points, especially with, with a like family plot. Yeah. Where, which where is the, the co- which is what drives the yeah, film. With, the where like the, the film, film is like counting on you having an emotional response yeah. to it, but like you cannot have that emotional response no. if the rest of the movie is telling you that like it is dumb to have an emotional response to like the loss of human life, or that it just isn't ready to consider them. You yeah. can't spend half the film being like. Ooh, look at their relationships, and then the other half being like, oh, "It doesn't matter. People go splat." And like the the thing of the many things that make Gareth Edwards' Godzilla work are like many of the things that make Hideaki Anno's Shin Godzilla, which is the sense that they're disaster films where the disaster is a giant monster or monsters yeah. in uh, Gareth Edwards' case, um, and that human. Res- and like there is drama in the human response to it, but it is about people trying to deal with an earthquake. Yeah. Whereas this film, the vi- in in the original film, the villain's plan was to nuke Godzilla, and that might kill people. In this, the villain's plan is to kill every human being on Earth with giant monsters. With giant monsters, um, and that does not. I mean, there are a lot of moments in this film that are kind of make no sense. All tension with the villains is kind of removed when it's like, uh, what what does the villain want? Uh, he just wants to kill literally everyone. <laughs> so like when they're threatening each other with guns, it's like, why is that a threat when yeah. the premise of your presence is death? Uh, there's a scene where Vera Farmiga who was like seems like a good guy at first and then she you know, she's actually been working with Charles Dance the whole time. Uh, she she wants to like leave the bad guys compound to go and find yeah. uh, her daughter and they're like no we're going to stop you and everyone starts pointing guns at her and she's pointing a gun at Charles Dance yeah. and she's like no but you all, you all want to die anyway. Yeah. What what why why do you care if she shoots Charles Dance? Yeah. What why does she care if her daughter dies? And like within that scene if they had just shot her even if she shot Charles Dance they just shoot her. A, some people are dead. Great. And B, the plan would work. The film would have a happy ending. I, I, I think that this movie has a higher nonsense quotient than any other movie I've ever seen. And, and that is because it exists as fan server. Yeah. Uh, it is taking all of the interesting decisions that Godzilla 2014 made with the, with the format, which is like the changes to Godzilla's design the the sense that it is just kind of a thing that's ju- that's happening to us yep. um and put, put, putting a computer inside the godzilla suit instead of a person yeah um <laughs> it's true and then being like oh no the problem with that film is that we didn't reference the oxygen destroyer from the first film or we didn't we didn't reference the fact that mothra is always followed by uh triplets or yeah, twins or hollow yeah yeah Ugh. And it, like all, 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 all of the stuff, like yeah, of like the, the like Earth being hollow, which is a great idea yeah. for a silly film. Yeah, and I just no, exactly they, yeah. they can do so much like weird, crazy stuff with that. But it's all they want you to take this movie seriously, um, but also not too serious. And like that is the interesting thing is that for so much that um, what's his name from Friday Night Lights, Vera Farmiga. 
Um, Kyle Chandler, um, who uh, like like I said this while we watched the movie, but I I can't I, I can't accept him as an actor in in a movie, yeah. because he too much chin. Yeah, no, yeah, he he looks he looks like if he was in a movie from the fifties with Cary Grant and Rock Hudson, yeah. like absolutely, this makes sense. I'm f- and just, but also like the, the, like he he talks like those guys as well, sort of. Well, and you've already got and clearly his character is there to be like to be the person who understands the stakes. The first scene of the film is a flashback to twenty fourteen, and it's uh, Godzilla killing his son. Yeah. Um, and so he spends the whole, you know, that, that drives some of the drama, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the, the thing that doesn't work is that you then have Kyle Chandler, who's fine. And Vera Farmiga, who I think is like great in a lot of things, mm. trying really hard to play this nonsensical emotional plot and plot plot between there's a lot of crossing and double crossing. You don't need to know about it. They're trying to play those as realistically as possible. And then when you cut from that to essentially Godzilla winking at Ken Watanabe as he detonates a nuke or as like Jiang Ji talks in, in, in to the, in her the twin of the earth. about Mothra in the center of the earth, um, it just, it's not, they're not in the same world and there's no attempt mm. to bridge that divide where, cause if it was like, once again, people scrambling for their lives, maybe, or if yeah. it was just ridiculous or like a follow the bouncing ball film where it's just people seeing it happen. I like, there will be a YouTube compilation of some of the monster fights. And I gen- I think, I like a lot of the monster fighting in this. Okay. Um, I don't love it. Yeah. But I like, it is the interesting thing of that, like the Japanese Godzilla films so clearly have their own aesthetic. And part of that aesthetic is a uh, low fineness, mm. if you will, um, which I think works well on a lot of fronts yeah. uh, uh, for them. But there, I yeah, I guess it is the the casual kaiju fan in my heart that is like a proper big, huge budget CGI battle between Godzilla, uh, Godzilla and Mothra fighting King Ghidorah and Rodan is a thing I just want to see that yeah. so badly. And when this film gives me tastes of that, I love those moments. Right? Yeah. But for me, like even those moments, like most of the time, just like. Just didn't work with something like Pacific Rim, you know, all big monster fighting. I felt like a real, like a real sense of scale and like a sense yeah. of like of like all oh, like holy shit, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of real big stuff. That is, that is like totally bigger than anything I I could imagine or will ever encounter. Well, and you also get that in Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. Yeah, you know, and. and- Almost any other Godzilla film. Yeah, and like I—I uh, I mean, not Roland Emmerich, but <laughs> last year I saw Aquaman, and yep. like, like not, not a good movie for the most part. No. but like there are there are like a few moments of of like specifically like giant monster stuff in there, yeah. which is like incredible. Yeah, and like I, I nothing, nothing in this movie, even though there are so many giant monsters. Yeah, nothing like reached the heights of those moments in those other films. There, uh, oh, I would say they're equal, but we're in the realm of taste. Yeah, it is just like the sense of like the first time you see one of King Ghidorah. No, you see 
Ghidorah's tail and then one head pops up and then another head and then another head. And I can just, in my heart, I can feel my 10-year-old self being like, that is the coolest thing yeah. I've ever seen. No, it, I, I think if, know, if I had seen this in the theater, yeah. I, I, I would have liked those parts more. Oh, yeah. There, this is, as much as we can we can argue for and against the cinema experience, I think, you know, obviously go support cinemas. Yeah. But also, like, support cinemas who are doing a good job. Don't, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, I think there are a lot of shit chains out there. Um, which is the opposite of a blockchain. <laughs> Feeling the bass in a cinema as Godzilla yells is kind of part of what of my experience. What I like about yeah. film, yeah, as much as almost every decision this film made is bad. Like the key thing, like the moment I knew I was like a Godzilla fan, is that I am genuinely quite upset about the changes to his design they made between right. the Gareth Edwards yeah. film and yeah. this. Yeah, it's like, n- 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 now that I've seen the, the Gareth Edwards one, I was like, you know, that, that, that's a better design than that one. Yeah. It, lo- um, it looks cooler, it looks scary, it's more majestic. Well, and it looks unique to that aesthetic and yeah. defines the American Godzilla as different, but not worse yeah. than the Japanese one. I'm still kind of excited for, for, for Godzilla versus King Kong for Godzilla versus, even though the actors who they have kept uh I mean Bradley Whitford and Thomas Middleditch hooray okay. it feels like overeating the pudding to have both someone Middleditching and Whitfitting in the same film like there are multiple points where they both have a quip after something and you're like Choose one. Yeah, but in 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 like Captain Woods, you got you got Bradley Whitford and Rich and Richard Jenkins in scenes together. That's true. And like that, I think that that stuff all works works yeah. great. Drew Goddard, Drew Goddard's one good film. Yep. Um, I like Hard Times more than more than you do, but uh, don't, you know, don't 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 Hard love Times it. at the El Royale is my favorite Quentin Tarantino film of the past five years. He just oh, didn't make it. It's absolutely not my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> past five years. Yeah, no, Hateful Eight is boring. Uh, like, just I. Do you see those two bookshelves there that I'm pointing to? I do. Yeah, and you see those. What are all of those? Uh, books. What? What kind? Uh, they're all plays. Yeah. So just understand. You hate you, hate you you, hate, you, 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 you you know about boring stuff. Yeah, hateful Eight is so boring it could be a play. <laughs> um. But I'm still kind of excited to see Kong, and but it's and I hate that. <laughs> I absolutely because it will be bad. Yeah. Unless well, and the other they no those Middle Ditch and Whitford they bring through, and also Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler, the two weakest actors in this. Uh, like, obviously she's still a child, um, but Millie Bobby Brown is uh, a being groomed by Drake, who's a sex offender. He should fuck off and be. Uh, uh, she, 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 she's an actor who I, I mean I, I haven't seen Stranger Things, but I'm, I'm sure she's like she's. It's good, fun, and charming. Yeah, and she's I'm, a big part of that. Yeah, like yeah, but like there, there is a difference between television acting and movie acting, well, and it's just like blockbuster movie acting. Well, and it is, and you can almost it's almost it's not a it's not that the acting is bad. It is that mm-hmm. it is the wrong scale. Yeah. And the fact that those are the, the even that they looked at a finished film, a film you could like, it would take a two day reshoot to change who survives this film. Yeah. Um, and they were like, no, those two 
they're the ones we're keeping around is uh, points all signs to bad, and yet I'm I'm going to still go on the first day if it ever comes out, obviously. You know, I think it's supposed to be out now. <laughs> um, so thank you. I, I've never, you know, no, I was about to ask you if you know something, but you don't. Audience members, <laughs> you know when you're showing a partner a film? <laughs> I know that you know. Yeah. yeah. You know I want you to find someone. <laughs> uh, hopefully Godzilla. Um not. Look, you know, at, at, at the moment I'm, you know, I'm 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 like uh, 2014 to 2016 Dan McCoy. Yeah. There are times when you'll show your love friend and you'll be like, "Oh, here's a thing that I really like." They don't like it. And that like that's in the universe fine. But you get the feeling you're like, oh, I feel incredibly guilty for inflicting that on you. Like after we saw Lady Macbeth, the 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 Florence Pugh film, which is I think is five out of five, a hundred out of a hundred incredible film. Yeah, it's 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 real good. It's it's I mean it's it's a Florence Pugh movie. Well, it's that it's the it's the er yeah. Florence Pugh movie. So I found it was very <laughs> worrying in Little Women when she cold heartedly executed those people. So, and and <laughs> when she made Lady Macbeth, yeah. she, she was like eighteen or nineteen years old. She right? was nineteen in that film. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. No. It's incredible. But afterwards, uh, Briar hated it to the point of being quite upset with me for for having seen for having gone to it. And in that, the feeling you feel in those moments is like, I feel guilty for inflicting this upon you. Yeah. And I've never felt that with with a non-love friend, apart from showing you. (laughs) Well, and it was (laughs) doing yee-yee breeze uh, just under three hours. Just over two hours, Godzilla 2. With Yi Yi, I was engaged the entire time. Yep. We, we were both loving it. With, with Godzilla, I was on my phone for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one can blame me. And I, I think I still got most of what was able to be gotten from the movie. Yeah. Um, you would have missed Sally Hawkins' morning shot, but that's No, all. I, I, I saw that. I, I, did, I did miss uh, the, the shot where she dies. You can barely tell what happened. Yeah. Um, to the point where I think possibly... Well, what, what, they are genuinely just using footage from elsewhere. So I, I, I think like she, she was supposed to survive the, the, the whole movie, but then like she, she, she got an offer for a, for like another monster movie where she gets to have sex with a monster. Yeah, and not like not Paddington just, Two. Yeah, Hugh Bonneville is the monster. In in in, in Paddington Two, there's like the scene where like Paddington's in like the train car underwater, underwater, yeah, and like she's like going to rescue her. And I was like, oh, okay, it's just Shape of Water now. Yeah, and like um, but both both uh, movies that I love a lot uh, that came out within in New Zealand at least within a month of each other. Yeah. Oh, here is the other thing I want to pitch as to why. The redeem the other thing, the thing I will make eventually. So I just want to make it because the moments of pure ecstatic cinema that everyone can agree on in this film is Ken Watanabe looking, just whispering Godzilla in a awed yeah. voice, and just and it's just yeah, like 
Yeah, as much oh. as I didn't like this movie, Ken Watanabe is selling the oh, shit out of it. Mate. He is, and it, he is so much fun in this. And it genuinely... Yeah, the film's biggest mistake is killing him off. Yeah. It feels like he should be the M or the Q or the... He should be Nick Fury. He should be the Nick Fury yeah. of the movie. Yes. Yeah. I was just trying to think of comparison to good films, so of course I went to... Your favourite films, The Marvels. Or James Bond. Both of which are like... I don't know. They're good ones. Yeah. I like um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I do. That is my favorite one. Yeah, the, the, it's fun. I like, a, I like Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's a good joke every 20 seconds, and it's about non-judgmentally exploring alternative family structures. It's great. Um, but Finn. Yes. I feel like the writing is on the wall. The smile on your face, so wide. Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters, 2019. Was it shite or sound? I mean, look. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hard to read. I'm a bit of, I'm, I'm a, bit of a wild card. You know, yeah. I like, like, yeah, like yeah. to, like to, you know, keep, keep my cards close to whatever the end of that saying is. Yeah. Uh, didn't like it. Shite. Yeah. <laughs> Bad oh, movie. Yeah, it is. It's shite, but Ken Watanabe is sound. Yeah. And those establishing monster fight shots are good. Every like, <laughs> once in a while, people will talk about, like, you know, what, what what's, like, a really good performance in a really bad movie. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I like, at the moment, I can't think of a better example than, than Ken Watanabe in this. Okay. Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on uh, the internet. Okay. Uh, I'm all over it. Okay, great. Uh, on, That's on... all we need from you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Fickless, F-I-C-K-E-L-A-S. And I'm Youthalives, U-T-H-R-L-I-V-E-S, together. We're on Twitter at uh, ShiteSoundPod, and uh, if for whatever reason you feel like emailing us, it's ShiteSoundPod uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, and if we get any particularly good emails... We'll chuckle. <laughs> Our theme song is The Nux. It's by Kazan Blam. Check out the album Trapezoids Away. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you include the exclamation marks in both Trapezoids Away and Kazan Blam. And that just leaves our ending catchphrase. Uh, movies are good. Yep. Uh, go, go watch them. Got them in one. For, for some reason, like the, the two like main like uh, YA series that I loved as a kid were both written by Irish by Irish dudes, and the other one, of course, being the work of James Joyce. Well, it, was, uh, it was Skullduggery Pleasant. Uh, it was pr- pr- pretty close to the work of James Joyce. Yeah, I mean, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man yeah. is in Skullduggery close. I know nothing about. Unpack that for me. Is it like Goosebumps? No, so so Skullduggery Pleasant is, uh, uh, he is a... Is that his name? That's his name. Like Maximum Ride? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, this is a world where everyone has a crazy name. Okay, Because cool. it, it's got magic and stuff, and part, yep. of, the, part of the way that magic works in, in this world is, like, if, if you know, uh, if, if you, like, know someone's name, that gives you power over them. Yep. So So magicians, like, take, like... 
Okay. You know, they invent their own name, but it's like, it means something to them. Okay, so and then that protects them from being able to use their real name to take power over them. So it wasn't like his his parents were looking down at him and thought, do you know what this guy really looks like? Skullduggery. <laughs> well, so part of the reason that he's called Skullduggery is because he is a skeleton man. Ah, uh, I've got... But no, he... he I, was in, he born to two skeletons? Or did no, he no, skeletonize? He, he, he was a person who was, like, killed during a big magic war and then brought back to life as a skeleton man. And now uh, he is and a... this was for, ch- for children. Yes. And yeah. now he is a... Uh, a de- now he is, like, a detective, uh, and yep. he wears a fedora and a suit. And he hangs out with a 13-year-old Irish girl yeah. uh, who's like, she, she's like the main character. I think her, her name's like Stephanie at the beginning uh, of the books. I mean, uh, she eventually takes her name Valkyrie Kane. C-A-I-N-E or K-A-N-E. Uh, uh, Why does that matter uh, to me? It's, I think it's, 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 it's C-A-I-N, like, like, like Raising Kane. Uh, so not like a relative of Michael Kane. No. Michael Kane, to use his full name. Yep. Okay, so have you ever looked back at Skullduggery Pleasant and been like, this is a very formative... Because well, so, you so have like, described uh, it to me now, and it kind of tells me everything I need to, <laughs> to know about well, you. So like, I, I was, so like, the, the, the last book in the Skullduggery Pleasant series came out when I was like, uh, when I was like 18. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was still reading the books then. Yeah, you bunked off school. Yeah, so I, I'd, I, I've been reading them from like year six... Of, of primary school until after I finished high school. Wow! So it's like ten to eighteen. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was like a lot of my life, and <laughs> like explains the tattoo you've got. Yeah, it's just a big skull over my face. 